0: All right, it's Friday night, not Saturday night there. Elton John, but regardless, our score at the end of two, UMass one, Merrimack nothing. Happy Halloween, everyone. Garth from Wayne's World here, party on. Um, Mike Macrick alongside John Leahy. Mike McMahon joins us here in the second intermission from the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, the Eagle Tribune, neutralzone.net, uh, College Hockey Insider, and uh, Mike, the first two periods here, as hard fought as we've seen in any game this season, neither of these teams willing to give an inch. Uh, you saw it especially, I think, on both clubs' power plays, the penalty kills for each team, you know, really uh, stepping up, I think, uh, step, you know, stepping up to the plate there in and doing whatever they could to keep the puck out of the net. Merrimack maybe with the two best chances of the night there, uh, other than the UMass goal. Ben Brar and uh, Logan Drevich both on the power play set up with some nice plays there. But Pat Murray, a couple of big saves there. Keeps it one the UMass after two. Yeah, I would say a lot of,
1: uh, a lot of hand-to-hand combat yeah. <laughs> in this game so far. Uh, it just seems like every second and a half, somebody's getting hit. I mean, this is as physical a game as we've seen all year.
0: Well, it feels like one of the more physical games we've seen in a while, honestly. So one of the things that's interesting, you know, I think you you, you and I both noticed this as uh, the early part of the season has gone along. This is now Game number seven for Merrimack. And they have every one of those seven games, they have gotten better as the game has gone along. And in many cases, they've been in a position where they striking distance. They're in the third period, even if they're behind. Or it's a tie game, or what have you, and then they've been able to come out and play their best hockey in the third period. Now, of course, we don't know what's going to happen yet in this one, but to me, you know, watching this program over the last few years, they're starting to progress and trying to develop there under Starkborg. That's what you want your team to do, right? I mean, you you want to be getting stronger. You certainly don't want to be in a hole you can't dig yourself out of in the third period, but, you know, most games are decided, I'd say, in third period. You want to be playing your best hockey in that game, at at that point in the game, and, and so far, they've done that this season.
1: Yeah, and you know what, and they've played, we talked about this last week, they've played good teams. I mean, they played Providence, Colgate's played really well. Uh, Obviously, BU last weekend, Sacred Heart played really well against other Hockey teams and then UMass tonight. And and they've obviously, they've won three out of six. I mean, they're at 500. But even those three losses, I mean, they've been competitive games. Even though the uh, the, uh, BU game on Saturday night got away from them early in the game, they came back and made it a game late. They were in position to take points there late in that game. So... uh, from what we've seen through seven games and and who they've played, especially... I mean, they, they can compete with anybody in the league. I don't think there's any question about it. I don't know that they're going to compete near the top of the league. I mean, I think that's asking a lot. I mean, they, programs go through kind of growth stages, and I'm not sure they're there yet. But what we have seen through seven games is that they shouldn't get run out of the rink uh, in, in any game this year. And, and there were some games the first couple of years where, you know, you fall behind by two goals and you think, you know, I, I just don't know if they have the firepower to come back in this one. Uh, that's not the case anymore. I mean, that's, that's kind of my biggest takeaway from the first seven games is no matter what happens, they're... they're competitive against whoever they step on the ice
0: with? I I think that in addition to, uh, you know, setting this trend here um of Getting stronger as the game goes along and playing your best hockey in the third period is—you have to get results when that happens as well. And the fact that that's happened several times already this year, and you know, games like the Colgate game, the game at Colgate, for example, uh, the BU game last Friday, for instance, even the Sacred Heart game where they had to come back and, and uh, you know and win that game and just, you know break the tie there in the third period—you uh, got to get results here, I would say. And so you look at a weekend like this one. And we can like next weekend as well. I think we thought going into this stretch of three straight home and homes with BU, UMass, and BU. That you had to at least, I would say, you know, if you went two and four over that stretch, you know, three and three. I right. think had to be at least a target. I think three and three would be you feel great about yourself coming out of that stretch three and three. Yeah. Right. And so what that means then is you look at a game like tonight, one goal game going into the third period. You got to play this like you're going to throw everything you have at it in the third period and come out and get this win at home.
1: Especially you know, when you're going on the road tomorrow
0: too. I mean, it becomes a lot
1: harder to win on the road for whatever reason. That seems to. Be the case the last 10 years you go back I forget somebody did the study a couple of years ago it was like 68 70 percent of the time the home team wins yeah. for whatever reason uh, you know you don't think much changes it's the same game but for whatever reason the home team wins most of the time so knowing that you're going on the road tomorrow I would play honestly I would play this period like it's a one- game weekend uh, and then you're playing with house money tomorrow
0: if you're coming out, if you're coming out of tonight with two points let's talk about this UMass team where uh, you know getting off of the start of course they had the misfortune of- Drawing a pretty strong Minnesota State team in the opening weekend of the season, and then they played a pretty good ASC team but still bounced back and you know, won those two games. Played played pretty well in those those games. I had the game against Dartmouth last week, which you know you can't really draw anything from the exhibition game, is you know everybody's giving everybody a chance to play and so on. But uh, you know this team, as compared to the last team, they well, last season's team that won the national title, you know a lot of new players, a lot of new pieces. Uh, you know certainly some key guys still back like Murray, Trevino, and Lupina, but they still have. Uh, you know, they're working a number of guys into the into the, uh, into the mix here. Where do you see this UMass team uh, ending up this season?
1: I still think they're one of the top teams in the league. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I picked them to finish first just because it's one of those things where it's like, until you prove me wrong, that's where I'm going to put you. That's where you were last year. And, and I don't think they lost enough that made me think, you know, they weren't going to be back there again. Uh, I think, I forget what the number was. I'd have to go back and look. But in the Frozen Four last year, uh, I think... It was just, Maybe I just, maybe did the entire NCAA tournament, but almost every goal that they scored in the, I think at the Frozen Four, may have been the whole tournament, the NCAAs, like 85% of those goals are back. You know, as, as, as big as big of a name as the guys that they lost, uh, a lot of guys that scored big goals at big times last year returned. And Matt Murray played a game in the Frozen Four when Philly Lindbergh couldn't play. So it's like, and he's played a lot of hockey. You know, so it's not like they... Uh, They didn't lose enough for me to think that they were going to take a huge step back. Were they going to take a step back? Maybe. I mean, they won the national championship last year. They had five losses. It's hard to not take a step back from that. But I I don't think it's going to be a large step back at all. How
0: about Vermont and BC? 3 3 up in Burlington. So the Catamounts giving the Eagles all they can handle. And BC will be here next week.
1: Yeah, Vermont was playing well, too. I mean, I know they hadn't had a win yet. uh, And they looked like they were struggling to score goals. But you look at a couple of those games, like when Colgate beat them a couple of weeks ago before Merrimack played them and I think it was the Sunday game Vermont outshot them like 45 to 18 or something like that so I think they're playing good hockey they just they, they've got to get pucks in the net we, we've seen a program that's gone through a similar growing pain over the last couple of years so I got to feel like that's where you uh, where Vermont
0: is right now. uh tell us what else is going on following stuff for com. like I've seen some news about uh about recruits lately what's going on there yeah they, they've had a couple
1: of recruits that have committed lately a defenseman out of the BCHL uh uh, who think uh, is from New York originally, and, and one of the guys over at Neutral Zone, Brian Murphy, who runs the the U.S. scouting for Neutral Zone, when he committed a couple of weeks ago. Uh Send me a text. It was he actually committed the night of the Providence game, and he sent me a text that he absolutely he's like I absolutely love this player. Can't believe he was still on the board. Can't believe he was still available at this point in his recruiting process. So that's one you got to be excited about. They committed a Russian forward a couple of weeks ago as well, uh, who has made some noise in his first year in North America. He's in the USHL. I think he's got five or six points in eight games as a 19-year-old in his first year playing in North America. So a couple of commitments lately that, that look like they'll be significant
0: pieces here, uh, if not next year, the year after. Uh, how about guys that are looking at for next year as far as uh, you know, who's really standing out to you? Zach Bookman's a defenseman uh, from
1: New York, playing in the Alberta League. He's the number five scorer in the league right now. Uh, tops among defensemen by a ton. He's got like 23 points in 14 games, uh, which, as a defenseman, which is I, again, I know, I know it's fifth overall heading into the ninth in the league in scoring, and I, I think the next best defenseman has like 15 or 16 points. So he's he's got the lead among defensemen by eight or nine
0: points here early in the year. When did the Merrimack band transfer and uh, translate? You know, t- transition into the Foo Fighters here, and then and then they took on Van Halen in the first intermission. Are you kidding me?
1: I know, I know. I said that to somebody uh, last week. Against BU because they really tore it down last week, and uh, I, I, I guess it's just numbers, right? If you get more like anything else, you get more people. But we didn't hear them last year. I mean, it could have been some some of these kids could have been brought in last year. I don't know. We just didn't hear it. Here's some Jimmy Buffett from these guys before the year's over, and I'll, I'll get on there and do it myself if I have to. I think if, if you make the request, I think they'll do it for sure. <laughs> All right, my third period coming up here. What do you see from both teams? I, I don't think much is going to change. I mean, the, the second period looked a heck of a lot like the first period. In terms of how the game was played and how physical it was i mean you got 20 minutes left if, if anything i think it could ramp up and, and be even more so here in the last 20 minutes and then at that point it's just it's a it's a battle of wills <laughs> you know at that point who's going to get to a pot that who might pop one in i mean, Merrimack's had a couple of chances already to put some pucks in the net, Matt Burry's made some big saves, especially on the penalty kill. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm interested in what happens with the calls. I mean, it felt like the first period uh, the officials kind of just let them play. It was a free-for-all. For most of the second period, it was the same way. We had about a 10-minute stretch where all of a sudden it felt like any, you know, brush of contact was getting called. And in the last five minutes of the second, it was a free-for-all again. So <laughs> I, I don't know what we're going to get here in the third, but... I think we're
0: headed for overtime. We'll see.
1: <laughs> uh, it'll be the first one we've had this year,
0: right? Uh, oh, no, Colgan. All right, Mike, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Folks, check out his work. Thanks again, Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, thanks. All right, that's Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune, NeutralZone.net, call it talkie news, call it talkie insider. I hope I got everything. Did I? We're gonna ha- they're gonna have to ask them to uh, we're gonna have to ask them to lengthen intermission so you can get through it all. You're right. All right. Thanks again, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon. That is Mike McMahon, our guest here with the score UMass One, Merrimack Nothing. We'll be back with the third period, actually, of action here. Right after this, this is Warrior Hockey.